Welcome to Video For All. This is where I talk to people just like you who have decided it's time to show up on video for their business, but honest hand on their heart, they didn't really want to do it at the start. So here to help me uh, on my journey to democratize video for business is Rich Parrott. So Rich, set the scene for us. Where do you work? Uh, who with? Doing what? And serving who? Yeah. Um, so hi, Julian. So uh, yeah, I'm Rich. I work at Unite Students. Um, for those of you outside the UK and actually some in the UK, they're the UK's largest purpose-built student accommodation provider. So we have about 74,000 students across the UK living with us. Um, and we have our teams managing the properties. I lead on the internal communications there. So engaging with our employees, helping our leaders engage with employees. Um, so that part and parcel of that obviously is video um, as one of our many channels. Yeah. So when did uh, when did video first come on your radar? So I've been working in internal communications for about a decade now. Um, so I started off in consulting um, and we've used video throughout all of that. So I've, I've worked in change communications, training. So we've done things from back in my consulting days where we when telestrations were all the rave, you know, cutting things out, pointing things on thing, having a camera on a, you know, washing rack, you know, moving things around with our hands. Although I don't have the prettiest hands. I gave someone else that job. Um, leadership messages. Uh, and then obviously, you know, I, I appear sometimes um, on video myself um, for various different things. So what what's the mix of the uh, videos that you make where you're helping other people and the videos that you actually front up on? Like what's a ratio? It will be it's predominantly. I'm usually the one helping other people on on their videos, um, but more recently, yeah, I've been doing them more often. I do do quite a few live things as well as part of my job. So we do Teams live events with our colleagues, with leaders. So I host those. Um, I've done an interview with um, one of our uh, senior leaders recently on our sustainability strategy, um, which I was the interviewer. Um, but yeah, typically my day-to-day -day job is usually putting leaders or other colleagues in front of the camera um, to share messages with our teams. So what's 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 that like? It depends on the leader. So I've worked with a variety okay. of different leaders over the years. Um, some people love a script, love an auto cue, love to literally read it word for word. Some of sometimes that works really well, and for others not so much. Um, so it, it's, it's usually trying to work out why a person is uncomfortable or not. Um, and how do we help them to be the best of themselves on camera? And usually that's forgetting the cameras there for a lot of them, um, and trying to talk to a person. Um, so talking to me, um, or another producer off camera, um, is quite helpful, um, for them. So typically why are they uncomfortable on camera? What, what do they tell you? So I think depending on the person, so if it's a senior leader, it's usually because they've got a set number of key messages they want to hit in that video. Um, and they, they need to be on message, right? They're the, the voice of the company <laughs> to our colleagues. Um, so it's usually getting the message, right. is usually their concern. And that's where you end up, you know, you fluff up your lines, you get one word slightly wrong, or, you know, internally we've decided we definitely want to use this word. So sustainability commitments, not plan or, you know, kind of specific words we want to use as a business. Um, and that sometimes that doesn't come naturally. Um, so how do you get that into natural speech and make it feel natural for people? 
certainly when I was on the retail side, I used to quite a lot of videos with our colleagues in store. And usually it's just because it's something they're not used to. And there's kind of that permanent nature of a video of once I've said it on video, people are going to watch me. My teams are going to see me. My friends are going to see me. What if I, what if I make a mess of it and I look stupid? I think that's their concern. Leaders don't tend to worry about looking stupid. They're more worried about the messaging. Um, so it's that, it's that balance depending on who you're filming. Yeah. So with the leaders uh, and with uh, the, all the layers you have to go through with uh, communications teams and legal, uh, what do you find that you recommend using uh, a teleprompter for most of these leaders? It depends. I like to have it there as an option, even if they say they don't like it. So I've had a few people recently they're like, oh, no, I'd, I'd rather just, you know, off the cuff talk. And then you're like, oh, well, should we just try the teleprompter with like a few bullet points on there to keep you on track? And they're like, oh, yeah, I quite like that. I've had other people, you know, especially during the pandemic, when we were asking leaders to film themselves, for, probably for the first time, a lot of them had been used to having a crew, they could do multiple takes. You know, I was there with one of our, uh, in my previous job, um, the CEO going, actually, okay, you need to download this app to your phone <laughs> or your iPad, and kind of prompting them, like taking them through the steps to do it themselves. And that was quite hard work i think for them because they're used to someone directing them um i had you know they were just in the retail environment set up their ipad click report record loaded their their script into there um so it's a slightly different experience for them so i tend to find with senior leaders whether it's a fully scripted prompt or whether it's just the bullet points or key messages they want to cover tends to work quite well just to keep them on track um there's always that danger you end up people become quite robotic um, so I have taken it away from leaders before go, actually, this isn't working for you. Let's just chunk up what you want to say and do a little chunk at a time. Um, and then we'll stitch it all together because you're coming across robotic or some people have really obvious eye movements when they're looking at teleprompters, even if you've got the best equipment, you can just see them doing this or they move their head and just like doing this as they read. And you're like, this isn't working for me. <laughs> you know, with leaders, you want them to come across as authentic. And if they're, if they look like they're reading, Whilst, you know, we want people to do a message, if it looks like they're reading, it doesn't always, you know, carry authenticity when you're doing that. How did, so uh, you want them to come across authentic. I'm pretty sure uh, your clients uh, or the internal teams want them to come across authentic. Do the leaders understand that? And um, are, are they resistant to being looser or more authentic on video? No, I think generally, I think the pandemic has probably leveled it a little bit because people started seeing inside people's houses. You know, even when we do Teams live events, you know, people are at home, um, you see people's lives. You know, it, I think that probably helped a little bit because it, it took away that polish that you always had to have with videos or live events um, that for people felt that you always had to have. Um, so, yeah, I think. I think sorry, I've, I've lost track of what your question was there, Julian. Yeah, I was just wondering about whether there was resistance from those leaders to turn up in a more authentic way, or whether they uh, are going to hold the line that there's a that they have to be on brand as well as on message. Yeah, I think so. That, that I've certainly worked with different leaders over the years who have very much they have their I'm the leader facade, and they don't they won't let that drop. So it's like you know I'm the group CEO. I put, put across a certain image and that's who I am. Um, 
but I think, yeah, more recently, not, not so much. I think it, it depends on the character. I think I've had a mixed bag um, right. of how much people want to share, essentially, yeah. All right, so let's let's go away from all those people. Let's go back to you, Rich, uh, and your yeah. journey on to video. Uh, you were mentioning that uh, you were quite happy doing live type presentations, uh, but you struggled a bit yeah. with recorded video. Is is that correct, and why? Yeah, so live, so in real life events, you know, I love to get up on the stage. I like to present to people. I, I as anyone does, gets nervous before. I think that plays off it. Um, I always end up chucking in, not inappropriate, but some humor when people don't always expect it because it makes me feel it more at ease and it makes the audience feel more at ease. Um, and then when when we started doing live events, so, which often are recorded, <laughs> you know, when we do uh, virtual events, um, I found that quite easy as well because you didn't necessarily see the people. Like, so often it was you and whoever else was presenting and it felt like a small group conversation, but you had hundreds or thousands of people watching you. Um, I think the recorded thing, similar to the point I made earlier, is that permanency. So you want to get it right. And depending on what the message is, you want to make sure you get your key bits in there uh, that you want to cover. And naturally, I speak quite quickly. So I have to slow myself down. But going quickly often means that, you know, I get caught up on my words. Um, so that, 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 I think, was my hesitancy in the beginning. And obviously, as I said, I'm used to putting other people in front of the camera. And you're coaching them. And then you do it and you're like, I should be coaching myself here. Um, I need to like remember, remind myself what I should and shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, like when you're live presenting all the swaying, moving around, I try not to do that so much. <laughs> um, so I think it's it's reminding yourself of what you've advised other people, but it's always, you know, when when you're the one in that position, it's a little bit different. Uh, how has, what's the response been to your videos and what, What's different? I mean, what's the story you told yourself before getting on video? What do you see didn't come true? Um, like, did you tell yourself negative so did, stories? Uh, not so much, but I think as an, as an example, uh, certainly when I was at university, so, you know, a little while ago now, I had quite a strong accent and I was always a little bit self-conscious of that. I don't think I have such a strong accent now. You probably think I do because we have we come from different parts of the world. Um, but I, I have a relatively neutral English accent, I think. Um, but that wasn't the case all my life. So I think there was a when I hear my own voice, I'm like, oh, you sound a bit funny. You know, I, I, you never hear yourself unless it's on video or recorded. Um, and I, I think you're you can fall into that being quite critical of what you do. So when I do a video, and like if I I, I did one not that long ago when I was recruiting, you know, just to kind of get people engaged with my, on, on LinkedIn, um, you know, here's the job, here's me, I'm going to be the manager, you know, kind of getting a little bit of the reality behind a job description. I had some key points I wanted to, to hit and I was like, wow, I sound really strange here. Like this isn't my natural voice. So how do, how do you get to what you think is your natural voice? And I think being less critical of that, um, but also, you know, typically if I'm self-recording, I, I do that video sort of 20 times. Sometimes I'd only get one line in before I've gone blah, and just like <laughs> my tongue just goes a bit crazy. So no one ever sees those outtakes apart from me. <laughs> um, but there's certainly lots of them on my phone. Yeah. Do you think, in your opinion, that video is becoming an essential video uh, business skill? Yeah, I, 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 I think in the past, 
the default has been to do written messages, you share pictures, you know, in internal comms, especially a lot of it is written or face to face briefings or materials to support those. I think especially coming out of the pandemic video, it shows who you really are. You can't really, you can't, unless you're a great actor, which many of us aren't, um, you can't necessarily portray someone that's totally different to who you are. So certainly when I've seen it with engagement with me and engagement with other leaders, you see people go actually, oh, they're a real person. I can relate to them a little bit more. Um, it's not just the person you see, you know, their little picture on Outlook when they sent you an important message and that's all you ever see. And then you may meet them in person one day, um, you know, when you're in a, a dispersed workforce, um, not everyone sees the CEO or other leaders. Um, although I do get a lot of times I turn up the place and they're like, oh, Rich, and I'm like, I do not know who you are, but you clearly know who I am from video. So I think it, it does help those conversations when you do meet in person as well, because people know a little bit more about you um, than they may have got otherwise. So if uh, for people who might be listening now, what would you say to them to help them reduce any any anxiety about starting off on video? I think there's a difference between when you're filming yourself and being filmed. So. I mean, I think that one of the first times I did it, I was being filmed and I was in a really small room and the camera's really close to me and that felt quite intense. You know, I just prop my phone up on a phone holder on my desk. Um, I usually put my desk up a bit because I've got uh, one of those fancy ones that goes up and down. So it's at the right level so I can sit comfortably or stand. Um, and I just do it on my own. And even like, I usually wait till no one's in the house when I first started because I didn't like people hearing me trying to do a video. So it's kind of that doing it in isolation, I think is quite a good starter. Um, so I, I think giving it a shot and that maybe doing it for stuff, you, you're just a, a little bit of practice on something that's not important or you may not ever share, just getting used to doing that. And I think getting comfortable with hearing your own voice. Um, I hear my own voice all the time now. Um, sometimes it's a bit disconcerting, <laughs> but you know, I think getting used to that hearing your own voice and seeing how you come across on camera is quite a good way of just getting used to it rather than it being your first time when it's something really important um, that you want to get across. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so Rich, that's terrific. Uh, if people want to connect with you and find out what you do, where can they connect with you? Um, so on LinkedIn, um, I'm Rich Perrett. Uh, you probably find me if I go for Richard, but Rich Perrett on LinkedIn. Um, that's where I spend uh, most of my time on social media. I am on Twitter, um, but I don't use it much. I'm a bit of a lurker. I look at other people's content on there. Terrific. Hey, Rich, thanks for um, turning up on video and helping others. Great. Thanks, Julian. Lovely to be here.